This is Jordan Secchio. Today on Jay Secchio Live, the greatest State of the Union address I've ever heard in my lifetime. I want to hear from you as well. And the president will be acquitted today by the United States Senate. We'll talk about it today on Jay Secchio Live. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Secchio Live. Three years ago, we launched the great American comeback. Tonight, I stand before you to share the incredible results. Jobs are booming, incomes are soaring, poverty is plummeting, crime is falling, confidence is surging, and our country is thriving and highly respected again. Phone lines are open for your questions right now. Call 1-800-684-3110. Our agenda is relentlessly pro-worker, pro-family, pro-growth, and most of all, pro-American. And now, your host, Jordan Sekulow. That was Congress, members of Congress, chanting four more years four more years, to what I believe was the greatest State of the Union address that I've heard in my lifetime. And I, I say it this way, not even so much in a partisan way, though let me tell you how proud it makes me to be part of that legal team that defended President Trump from those just absurd articles of impeachment that will finally be, uh, 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 in, in, like Nancy Pelosi, they'll be torn up today because the president will be uh, uh, acquitted and exonerated by the United States Senate and, uh, and by the way, Doug Jones from Alabama announcing that he's going to vote to convict. Well, goodbye, Doug Jones from the, the, the Senate, I think we could say goodbye to him. Um, uh, but that was the pressure he was under, I guess, from uh, the Democrat Party. And uh, that's fine with me. I, you know, I, Again, if he'd fall to that kind of pressure when he knew good and well as a prosecutor himself, as a defense attorney himself, how poor the case was uh, from the House managers, he made a purely partisan move that he's hoping will get him something in the future. Because it certainly isn't going to pay off for him politically um, in the near future. And that's about all I want to say about Nancy Pelosi, honestly. Because this is the greatest speech because you can remember it. You remember what happened during the speech. A lot happened, and, and I could keep going back to it. You know, as I woke up this morning, I was talking to my wife. The moment that the, the serviceman is reunited with his family, the Tuskegee, one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, and his grandson talking about joining the, the Space Force and there is hundred over 100 years old. Um, again, families of those who have been given that, that first, uh, that first ch- uh, step program um, out of the prisons. You've also got the scholarships and the idea of school choice and real, actual, real examples of all of these. But I, I will say this. What did Speaker Pelosi rip up when she ripped up the speech? She ripped up the official record, which is what the speech is, of one of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the survival of a child born at 21 weeks, and the fact that now 50% of children born at that time period are saved and can live a normal life. And that's why President Trump called for a ban on late-term abortions. The mourning families of Rocky Jones and Kayla Muller. Kayla Muller was killed by al-Baghdadi. A service member's reunion with his family. That's the Pelosi legacy. How about record low unemployment for minorities? Record low unemployment for uh, numbers for for women? 
the list goes on and on, but I want to take your phone calls and thoughts on this State of the Union because think about today. The president will be acquitted. That vote begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time. He gave an unbelievable State of the Union. Contrast that with Nancy Pelosi ripping it up with Iowa caucuses still not even being able to get the final results. And you just contrast the two. His line on socialism. I mean, all of this, folks, when we have a real Democrat socialist kind of in the lead of the Democrat Party. We're taking your phone calls, 1-800-684-3110. We're going to go through all of it. We're going to take your calls and your comments as well. But it made me proud to be an American. And isn't that the point of the State of the Union? When you can't, when you have the moments, when you have the positivity, you want to leave the country proud. I was proud to defend the president from this ridiculous impeachment, but I'm proud to be an American after hearing his State of the Union last night. We'll be right back on JSECU Live. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. at this because a lot of what the president some of the president's recent accomplishments were going on during the impeachment trial which began on the 21st and is now coming to an end uh on uh, today uh, february 5th and one of those was replacing nafta with the usmca agreement us mexico canada agreement take a listen to this bite 25 Six days ago, I replaced NAFTA and signed the brand new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement into law. The USMCA will create nearly 100,000 new high-paying American auto jobs and massively boost exports for our farmers, ranchers, and factory workers. 
It will also bring trade with Mexico and Canada to a much higher level, but also to be a much greater degree of fairness and reciprocity. We will have that. You know, six days ago, I was thinking what time we were that. We had not even yet determined if there would be witnesses in this impeachment trial. The president, who they thought, oh, by the way, he's going to spend all night on impeachment. Did you ever hear him talk about it? Did he rise above partisan, petty partisan politics, unlike Nancy Pelosi? Yes. Uh, Did he show why America is exceptional, why America is great, why we want to keep America great while we're moving from, again, this idea of um, this blue-collar boom and make America great to keep America great, keep building on that. But in the midst of the impeachment trial, Harry, I'd go to you on this for the economics of it, he's got the USMCA deal done. And phase one of the China deal. Absolutely. So I think it's very, very important to keep in mind that, as the president has rightly said, jobs are booming. The unemployment rate is the lowest rate it has been in the United States, uh, perhaps on record, but certainly for the last 50 years. And so the unemployment rate, for instance, stands at 3.5%. At the same time, the unemployment rates for African-Americans Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans have reached the lowest level in history. African American youth unemployment has reached an all-time low, and consistent with all of that, uh, African American poverty has declined to the lowest rate ever recorded. Uh, So there are many accomplishments, but probably the most important accomplishment is that the wealth in the United States is rising for people who are lower middle class. In other words, working class Americans are doing better than ever before. And keep in mind, the Democrats said it could not be done. You know, I would say this too. If you were watching this, if you were an American who had it as normal job, is not able to watch impeachment trial, maybe not as tuned into the news, but you certainly you vote in presidential elections. You had to wonder, right? Why were the House Democrats trying to impeach President Trump? Like, yeah, you get policy differences, idea differences, but what was what was wrong with them? Their obsession with trying to remove this president who has been trying to do so much good for so many different kinds of people even if it didn't politically benefit him, even if he's not going to get huge chunks of the minority vote, uh, he's still proud of his accomplishments there and minority unemployment. Uh, And then I go to this issue, fighting for democracy abroad. Take a listen, Bite 28. We are supporting the hopes of Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans to restore democracy. The United States is leading a 59-nation diplomatic coalition against the socialist dictator of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro. But he took it a step further in a sign of support for the opposition to Maduro in Venezuela because there, at the joint session of Congress, is the real president, the real Democrat president of Venezuela that we acknowledge as well as most of the free world acknowledges Juan Guaido, take a listen to this. Maduro is an illegitimate ruler, a tyrant who brutalizes his people, but Maduro's grip on tyranny will be smashed and broken. Here this evening, it's a very brave man, 
who carries with him the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of all Venezuelans. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. Mr. President, please take this message back to your And then I think with one of the stronger messages, and this one, not just hitting internationally, like you did with Venezuela, standing up for, for democratic freedoms and liberty for all peoples. This one taking aim at the tendency of the other party to be moving further and further left where they are embracing the term socialism. Take a listen. One of the strongest lines of the night, bite 31 from President Trump. Socialism destroys nations, but always remember freedom unifies the soul. Socialism destroys nations, but always remember that freedom unifies the soul. West to you, I mean, just to, we're just kind of giving people a preview because all of you may not have seen this last night. Uh, the acquittal vote coming 4 p.m. Eastern time today. It's, I, that'll probably take about an hour. They have to vote on both articles. Uh, most We will basically know how most every senator is voting before then. Um, and certainly the president is going to be acquitted. There's no way it's getting to 67 to remove the president. So there's, I think there will actually be a majority to acquit. It won't even be like, uh, uh, you know, just having just less than the supermajority. But, but what I'm, what I, Wes, what I'm trying to do for people is play throughout. This is in order of kind of the night, how the president took people through the night. It's one of his longer speeches, direct speeches. It hit a number of topics, but that line was not just directed at the world and socialist dictators, but also growing ideas of socialism as acceptable uh, in the United States. And I think Bernie Sanders, AOC, the squad, they are, and to some extent, Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, they are the living example of this idea that maybe we should adopt socialism in the United States. Yeah, and if you believe the polls, Americans will not vote for a socialist president. They just will not. Socialism is connected at the hip with communism. Over 100 million people have died just in the last century because of socialism and communism. And uh, the president was correct to say that. I think what he said resonates with almost all Americans. We are a unique country, and we are a country built on freedom, democracy, and with a compassionate capitalism. And he certainly struck just the right tone. And, and again, it's directed you know, in, indirectly probably towards Warren and Sanders, but it's more than that. I think that comment was directed toward the heart and soul of the American yes. people and what we truly believe about what makes America unique. Listen, Chris Matthews from MSNBC agrees with exactly what Wes just said. Take a listen, Bite 90. Juan Guaido, I'm telling you, Trump set up the fight and he laid down the, the, the gauntlet tonight about him and Bernie. It's as if he was following Bernie won and popped their vote out in, in Iowa yesterday. And there he is going after Guaido, going after socialism, obviously tying all socialism to the kind we really don't like, the tyrannical socialism of the Latin Americans like Castro. He's saying, this is going to be my enemy. Great, I'm ready to fight. So I thought that was interesting. And Pelosi stood up and applauded that. that was right. She knew where this country stands. We don't like those leaders. And Bernie does. And that's a problem. And Bernie does. I mean, think about that. That's from Chris Matthews, Harry. Bernie does like those tyrannical socialist leaders. That came out of the mouth of Chris Matthews. Absolutely. And so what we have seen is that President Trump has skillfully exposed uh, the Democrats' penchant for supporting socialism 
authoritarianism, and implicitly they have supported the age of social catastrophe. So keep in mind that if you look at history, as Wesley correctly points out, we've had Stalinism, Nazism, and Maoism. The common denominator of all of those authoritarian regimes is what? Socialism, some form of national government control. And number two, uh, Sanders is unwilling to support freedom and liberty so long as the government uh, that is at issue is draped in socialist clothing. So essentially, a Bernie Sanders is willing to support, apparently, virtually any authoritarian regime that calls itself socialist. I think the American people are prepared to reject Bernie Sanders. They're prepared to reject his idea of Medicare for all, which would absolutely destroy private health insurance in the United States and destroy private health insurance for Social Security recipients, many of whom uh, have uh, a um, so private insurance as a supplemental uh, form of insurance. We'll continue to analyze and go through this State of the Union because, again, I know some of you were not able to have the time to sit down and watch. It was an hour and 14 minutes total um, and to get the full analysis the after the fact. But I will tell you, uh, the first reactions from Democrats and liberal combinators were, uh-oh. I mean, that, seriously, they were being honest. It was, uh-oh. This guy is showing you why he became president. And this was his final State of the Union before the next election. Uh, there were some really uh, touching moments. We'll play some of those and then get back to those policy moments as well. When we come back on Jay Secchio Live. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. 
And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. We're playing a, a video for people during the break, and we're taking your phone calls too on this one 800 684 as we analyze the president's State of the Union. Then we will get into more analysis tomorrow when the president later on today is acquitted um, in the United States Senate. I think you know that will start around 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'll take at least an hour to go through the procedures. You won't hear from the attorneys again, but some will be present, so you'll see my dad on the feed there, but they won't be talking. Um, and uh, I decided to come back and talk to you directly about all of this. I think I'm going to be on Sean Hannity's uh, television broadcast later on uh, tonight uh, to talk to you about it as well once the once it's all said and done. Um, but but again, you know, the tearing up, and she did it for the cameras, page after page after page after page. Again, that's all I'm talking about it. You could see it. You have to kind of see it. Talking about it is just not enough. Um, and she doesn't deserve it. She's a speaker, a disgraced speaker to me at this point, uh, who has disgraced the office who put up phony impeachment articles against the president of the United States. Uh, those are going to be voted. He is going to be exonerated today, acquitted today. Adam Schiff lost his trial. Uh, Jerry Nadler lost his trial. Speaker Pelosi lost her impeachment. And it is her, she will be disgraced forever. It is not the president will not be impeached forever. He'll be exonerated forever and likely reelected because of the actions the Nancy Pelosi and her, the extreme left of that she allowed the extreme left of her party to take. But there were some really touching moments last night that are being put down by the liberal media as reality show. Like that's what the Washington post called it. Does this sound like reality show to you? Take a listen to this. They were in the room. They were there, a young gentleman and his, and then ultimately his great grandfather as well. Maybe you, you remember the story. Uh, maybe you saw it. Maybe it didn't take a listen. And just weeks ago, for the first time since President Truman established the Air Force, more than 70 years earlier, we created a brand new branch of the United States Armed Forces. It's called the Space Force. Very important. In the gallery tonight, we have a young gentleman and what he wants so badly, 13 years old, Ian Lonfey. He's an eighth grader from Arizona. Ian, please stand up. Ian has always dreamed of going to space. He was the first in his class and among the youngest at an aviation academy. He aspires to go to the Air Force Academy and then he has his eye on the Space Force. As Ian says, most people look up at space. I want to look down on the world. But sitting behind Ian tonight is his greatest hero of them all. Charles McGee was born in Cleveland, Ohio, one century ago. Charles is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the first black fighter pilots, and he also happens to be Ian's great-grandfather. It's an amazing story about America. The, the first black fighter pilots and one of the last remaining of the Tuskegee Airmen that have been well documented now in movies and stories and we're finally starting to remember these great heroes of America. But the fact that that can't be bipartisan support for, for Ian and for the Tuskegee Airmen, and it wasn't. I mean, because they thought that, oh, well, this is just done as political stunt. 
And that's not the case. The president was saying how Eid was excited about the Space Force and that he's got this leakage to a, his grandfather being one of the first black fighter pilots for the United States of America. And yet again, that can't get bipartisan support. No. And you, know, you talk about a, a stunt, a political stunt. The crude political stunt of the night was Nancy Pelosi tearing up the speech. That was a crude political stunt. Yeah. And when she did that, two terms came to my mind, classless and ill-mannered. There were names on that speech, Jordan. Yes. And she disrespected and insulted all of those names. For example, Staff Sergeant Hake, who was killed, <clears throat> his 13-year-old son is sitting in the gallery with his mother. Yeah. She disrespected and insulted yes, them, as well as this Tuskegee Airman. She insulted, in my opinion, Jordan, all the Gold Star families in America. Yeah. And I've, I've sat down personally with over 1,000 of them. I was insulted by her doing that because of the names on that list. Janiah, the fourth grader who was given the scholarship, yeah. her name was on that list. Kayla, whose parents were in the gallery, her name was on that list. The sergeant first class who came home to his wife and two children. You know, the House chamber is a hallowed hall. Rocky Jones who did not. Yes, the house chamber is a hallowed hall, and she, I think, disrespected all who have sat there for generations. And uh, she disrespected not just President Trump. I think she disrespected the office of the president and all 44 predecessors in that office. At the end of this, Chuck Schumer said that the president's State of the Union dress was undignified. Nancy Pelosi gives whole new meaning to the term Undignified. The Democratic Party. What she I, did let me last tell you, I've been around a lot of Democrats more so than in my life than ever before being on the Senate floor. I, the term undignified applies to them more than any other political party I've ever dealt with. Just a, an air of, uh, first of all, elitism, of I know better. You're always you're you're no good. You're not as educated as us. You're not as northeast or coastal as us. You're not this. You're not that. And, Harry, that is their problem. It's why they don't connect with voters anymore. It's why Iowa, even with their screwed-up caucus, didn't have as good a turnout as uh, they did in the last couple. I think you're precisely correct. So disrespect increasingly is becoming the Democrats' calling card. Whether it is souvenir, souvenir pins that Nancy Pelosi handed out at the impeachment uh, signing ceremony, uh, whether it is tearing up the speech on live television and making sure the cameras effectively were upon her. Of course. Uh, Nancy Pelosi simply, to use an old British expression, lost her rag on national television. Um, and so um, in addition to all of that, it comes back to something Jordan you said very perceptively, which was – the Democrats disrespect voters. They disrespect middle Americans. Yep. They disrespect working class Americans. Yep. They disrespect individuals who happen to live in what they call flyover country. Right. Individuals who do not live on the coast. Individuals who do not send their kids to elite universities. At the end of the day... Uh, essentially, the Democrats are motivated by one thing and one thing only, the notion that the rest of the country is comprised of deplorables. Yes, yes, and I think they see that with the military. I think they see that even with the story of, of when it comes to school choice and, and Janiah's story. Take a listen, Bite 38. Actually, we don't have time for that one right now. We'll play it when we come back. This idea of school choice, they hate school choice. 
I hate giving opportunity to inner city kids who for their parents to utilize and send their kids to a private school. They vote against that. They want to stop that because they don't want any more elites, regardless of race, regardless of background. They need a limited number of elites to run the country, especially the more socialist and socialist they're going. But the idea that they're not excited about that, about her getting that scholarship opportunity, even if it's just being excited for her, be a human being, for goodness sakes. They're not. That is what, as far as I will go with sharing with you about how, what, I, what it was like being around a lot of these Democrats. Not all of them, by the way. There is a strain amongst them in the U.S. Senate and House, especially, where they lack human sensibilities. They just lack normal, human, right from wrong, good and evil, human sensibilities. They just don't get it. They've been too stuck in their own political, just gross, gross world. We will be back. On Jay Secchio Live, breaking down the State of the Union, second half hour coming up. Check out ACLJ.org. A lot of work going on at the ACLJ. Go there, ACLJ.org. We'll be back. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. Three years ago, we launched the great American comeback. Tonight, I stand before you to share the incredible results. Jobs are booming. Incomes are soaring. Poverty is plummeting. Crime is falling. Confidence is surging. And our country is thriving and highly respected again. And now, your host, Jordan Saculo. Welcome back to Jay Saculo. So what we're trying to do for you today is, listen, it was an hour and 14 minute State of the Union speech. There was a lot there. A lot that, I mean, I can just recall. I mean, I'm just like right off the top of my head, but I want to play it for you as well. So that also it kind of just, you remember this because the president will not have another State of the Union. Um, he'll be campaigning across the country, of course, and continue working for the American people. Up against, I guess, you know, we don't know who still won the Iowa caucus. And um, we'll, we'll, we're finding out more and more about how senators are going to vote. But let's be honest, at 4 o'clock today, when the votes are finally tallied on both articles of impeachment around 5 o'clock, 5.15, uh, the president will be acquitted on both. They're not getting two-thirds of the U.S. Senate. They're not getting to 67. doesn't matter what some Republicans do or what some Democrats do. I mean, they're just not getting there. And uh, we'll have a lot to say about that. But you know what? The president had nothing to say about it because the president – cares about the American people. And we kept hearing during the impeachment trial, I mean, I was sitting there having to hear it out of the mouth of Adam Schiff, Hakeem Jeffries, and over and over and over. This is a president who doesn't care about anybody but himself. Did you listen last night? 
Do you think the scholarships were for himself? Do you think that, you know, it's, it's not his family that needs those scholarships. It's the families in inner cities that need those scholarships. And the fact that it's President Trump who's fighting for school choice and not Democrats. Democrats are fighting against school choice for inner city kids because they're owned by teachers unions. Think about that. Think about that and listen to this story, which got no applause from Democrats last night. Uh, Yet again, uh, take a listen to number 38. The next step forward in building an inclusive society is making sure that every young American gets a great education and the opportunity to achieve the American dream. Yet for too long, countless American children have been trapped in failing government schools. To rescue these students, 18 states have created school choice in the form of opportunity scholarships. The programs are so popular that tens of thousands of students remain on a waiting list. One of those students is Janiah Davis, a fourth grader from Philadelphia. Janiah. Janiah's mom, Stephanie, is a single parent. She would do anything to give her daughter a better future. But last year, that future was put further out of reach when Pennsylvania's governor vetoed legislation to expand school choice to 50,000 children. Janiah and Stephanie are in the gallery. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here with your beautiful daughter. Thank you very much. But, Janiah, I have some good news for you, because I am pleased to inform you that your long wait is over. I can proudly announce tonight that an opportunity scholarship has become available. It's going to you, and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice. But the Pennsylvania Democrat governor made sure that there wouldn't be 50,000 more Janias. The Pennsylvania Democrat governor made sure, vetoed legislation that passed that would have ensured there would be 50,000 more Janias who could use school choice to get a better education, to get out of failing schools. See, those those, uh, public school teachers unions, they own the Democrat Party, just like Planned Parenthood does. We come back. The president touches on socialized medicine. You want that being run by the Iowa caucus crew? The Democrats there? Republicans did their caucus, no problem, the old-fashioned way. But, uh, again, he talks about that, this idea of socializing everything. In a place where they can't get apps working, yeah, you got an app for that? Not for the Iowa caucuses, not for the Democrat. I mean, who knows what will happen in New Hampshire, by the way, with this. We're just on round one. So a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. We will try to take some phone calls as well, one 800 684 3110. We'll be right back on JSECU Live. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. 
The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. Because healthcare is such a major issue, he he touched on that last night as well, and in great detail. We're not going to be able to get into all of that tonight, but what he did say was a warning to Americans about complete a socialized system, socialism, the principles of socialism running our healthcare, and how many Democrats have endorsed this idea, this Medicare for all ideas, as he was referring to. Take a listen to Bite Forty Five. 132 lawmakers in this room have endorsed legislation to impose a socialist takeover of our health care system, wiping out the private health insurance plans of 180 million very happy Americans. To those watching at home tonight, I want you to know we will never let socialism destroy American health care. You know, it's certainly a theme because we're seeing socialism grow within the Democrat Party. So we will never allow let socialism destroy American health care. We also heard the president say, um, again, on socialism, uh, a direct message there. Socialism destroys nations, but always remember freedom unifies the soul. Because there's a chance that President Trump is running against a declared socialist, someone who spent his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. I mean, seriously. Uh, so so he goes to there. and then, but But I do want to go to a moment... Uh, that I thought was very touching for those of us in the radio world. And really, to me, even if you are a liberal, like, first of all, a man who was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, who's been named as one of the most influential people in the country uh, by various news outlets, mainstream media, uh, uh, as, you know, the number one broadcaster, the number one listeners in the country. I'm talking about Rush Limbaugh. And conservative talk radio would not exist but for Rush. As Sean Hannity said, Sean Hannity would not exist but for Rush. The style that we use would probably not exist but for Rush um, and that we go about. And and he was honored last night by the president. Now, I know some people could say, well, why would you honor him? Is he partisan? Is this and that? Well, I mean, people, they honor these celebrities all the time that are extremely partisan. All the time. They're totally partisan. They say horrible things about the other side of the aisle. But it wasn't about honoring him for being a conservative radio show host. It was about honoring him for changing the face of media and and truly for what he's going through right now as uh, with stage four lung cancer. So 
I know that this touched me as a broadcaster, and many of you take a listen. Almost every American family knows the pain when a loved one is diagnosed with a serious illness. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I mean, I, it was just an amazing moment, but he used that health care to pivot to uh, a child who was in the audience and her mom who survived being born at 21 weeks and how now about half the children being born at 21 weeks are surviving. She's now two years old. Take a listen, bite 51. As we pray for all who are sick, we know that America is constantly achieving new medical breakthroughs. In 2017, doctors at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City delivered one of the earliest premature babies ever to survive. Born at just 21 weeks and six days and weighing less than a pound, Ellie Schneider was a born fighter. Through the skill of her doctors and the prayers of her parents, little Ellie kept on winning the battle of life. Today, Ellie is a strong, healthy two-year-old girl sitting with her amazing mother, Robin. In the gallery, Ellie and Robin, we are glad to have you with us tonight. You know, and he used that story, and, you know, again, the, the medical advancements we've made to push for what is the, the necessary next step, which would be if you have these medical advancements and that, that children are children at 20, 21 weeks and they, they survive they thrive and they get older now two years old ellie that there's no excuse for having late-term abortion in our country take a listen bite bite 54 i'm also calling upon members of congress here tonight to pass legislation finally banning the late-term abortion of babies of course who can argue with that of course the democrats they can argue with that. They want to tear that up, too. The president then went into a lengthy discussion. I know you know where he is on border security, but he was talking to the American people, some who were not as informed. So he went through that, the different ICE and, and the, where there was ball, the, the wall sections, what he's had to fight for legally, what he's been able to do, the, the levels that have come down when it comes to um, uh, those trying to cross our border, and really talk, targeting the human traffickers, uh, uh, recognizing one of the Border, border Patrol I think it was the new deputy uh, director of Border Patrol. And and uh, th- so we're not just talking about people trying to get here illegally, but also the human traffickers, drug smugglers, uh, who are who are just doing um, their c- criminals, uh, some of the most heinous criminal acts that we are pr- trying to stop. The president did slide this in. And for all of you conservatives out there, very important. Dan Bennett's not with us today, but he knows this number well. And it's very key. He talked about, you know, while the, 
the House was focusing all of their time on trying to get rid of the president through impeachment articles that would never get the two-thirds votes necessary to actually remove the president. So just for political purposes. Mitch McConnell, the U.S. Senate, and President Trump were putting lifetime appointments in place on the federal judiciary. Take a listen. Bite. This is bite. Uh, is this uh, bite 70? Working with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Thank you, Mitch. And his colleagues in the Senate, we have confirmed a record number of 187 new federal judges to uphold our Constitution as written. This includes two brilliant new Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Thank you. And that's something, Harry, the left has totally forgotten in their hatred of President Trump and their, in their you know, Adam Schiff's singular focus, because he's not a senator, but singular focus on taking down the president and putting the Senate's entire attention on an impeachment trial is that Mitch McConnell, during all of this mess, was continuing through confirming nominee after nominee after nominee, and I guarantee you will continue to confirm nominee after nominee. It would not surprise me if the, if the vacancies are there, there were up to 200-plus new federal uh, lifetime appointment federal judges, Harry, uh, before the next election. I think that is correct. So Adam Schiff and the... Democrats. That's a transformation of the federal courts. In both the House and the Senate uh, have basically exhibited the following. They've exhibited a so-called Trump derangement syndrome. In other words, the dogma of resistance lives deeply within them. Notwithstanding this resistance, in both the House and the Senate, President Trump has accomplished a tremendous uh, amount of good with respect to restructuring the federal judiciary, starting with the Supreme Court, with the appointment of Neil Gorsuch and uh, Brett Kavanaugh, but also replacing a number of liberal justices with conservative judges, I should say, uh, at the appellate court level. And at the district court level, President Trump is on pace to totally transform the judiciary, uh, certainly by the end of this year, and uh, and perhaps uh, do a fantastic job even expanding that transformation should he be reelected. Meantime, the Democrats are what? They are enraged. And they're focused on impeachment, which is going nowhere. And they were in such a rush to impeach, they failed to engage uh, in a full investigation. And now impeachment will fall flat on its face today. This bodes very well for President Trump's re-election opportunity uh, in November. Uh, just uh, as we go into this next break, and we'll take a couple of the phone calls as well um, in the next segment of the broadcast. Because there's more I want to get to, and I can't get to all of the hour and 14 minutes of the State of the Union and analyze it. So I'm trying to pick and choose some parts I think you put it all together. Very important to our audience. But Wes, just kind of your thoughts up into this point. I mean, this was only about, this is getting towards the, to probably three quarters into the State of the Union. And I mean, it was something for everybody out there to understand what this president has been up to when all they've been told in the media is 
Mueller, 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 Russia, 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 and then it was impeachment, Ukraine, impeachment, Ukraine. And the president had a chance to say, this is what I've been doing for you. Yeah, it it was well-delivered. It was a good speech. It was positive and fact-filled. It was unifying. Jordan, the last time I heard a State of the Union speech this inspiring was when Ronald Reagan was president. Yeah, and it was. I, that's why I heard you have very similar comparisons with Reagan, who started bringing people into the into the gallery to point out and tell the stories about. We'll be right back. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. So tomorrow on the broadcast, I'm going to have a lot to say, and I'll try to get my dad on as well, about you know, once the president's acquitted, exonerated, people are asking these two terms, what's the difference? There's not really a difference here. Um, uh, acquitted is the official term when charges are brought against you. You've been exonerated by, with your acquittal. Um, uh, and, uh, and again, they will argue about it. P- politicians will argue about it. But you're not impeached forever. You are exonerated forever. You're acquitted forever. You're impeached for a short period of time. And you either are removed from office or acquitted. The president will be acquitted today. So he's not impeached uh, forever. But I want to get back to the State of the Union. And I want to get back to a strong statement the president made about prayer in America, about our Judeo-Christian faith in America, one of our founding issues that we are concerned about at the ACLJ, Bite 72. In America, we don't punish prayer. We don't tear down crosses. We don't ban symbols of faith. We don't muzzle preachers and pastors. In America, we celebrate faith. We cherish religion. We lift our voices in prayer. And we raise our sights to the glory of God. I mean, these are the cases we've had to work on. Tearing down crosses, banning symbols of faith, muzzling preachers and pastors through the Johnson Amendment, which isn't being enforced right now by the Trump administration. But instead of punishing prayer, this is an administration that says, in America, we're going to celebrate it. We're going to cherish our heritage. 
and our religious heritage. And we're going to raise our sights to the glory of God. And we're not going to be ashamed of doing that. We're not going to try to make that illegal. They moved on. Issue you care about a lot. Israel and the Palestinians. Like This is the most difficult issue for any president when it comes to foreign policy is trying to come up with any kind of peace deal that is workable between Israelis and Palestinians, yet you must try. He talked about that, uh, Bite 75. And by the way, this I remember I was at the White House. Okay, I'm not going to get into a lot of details, except for there were pictures of me at the in the Washington Post at the White House during the event. Um, this event was happening while we were in the middle of the impeachment trial. We were at the White House before we'd go over to the Senate for the trial, and there's a photo of my dad, me, Pat Cipollone, I think Ted Cruz is in the photo, some others, and then the event for the peace plan was about to happen at the White House, we had walked up to say hello to some officials. So those, those photos are there. I'm not telling you anything that wasn't shown by the media, but this is the peace plan between Israel and the Palestinians the president was working on during his impeachment, Bite 75. Last week, I announced a groundbreaking plan for peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Recognizing that all past attempts have failed, we must be determined and creative in order to stabilize the region and give millions of young people the chance to realize a better future. Three years ago, the barbarians of ISIS held over 20,000 square miles of territory in Iraq and Syria. Today, the ISIS territorial caliphate has been 100% destroyed, and the founder and leader of ISIS, the bloodthirsty killer known as al-Baghdadi, is Dead. Yes. And then he went and told a personal story to her parents were there about uh, Kayla Mueller. Uh, take a listen, Bite 76. We are joined this evening by Carl and Marcia Mueller. After graduating from college, their beautiful daughter, Kayla, became a humanitarian aid worker. She once wrote, some people find God in church. Some people find God in nature. Some people find God in love. I find God in suffering. I've known for some time what my life's work is, using my hands as tools to relieve suffering. In 2013, while caring for suffering civilians in Syria, Kayla was kidnapped, tortured, and enslaved by ISIS and kept as a prisoner of al-Baghdadi himself. After more than 500 horrifying days of captivity, al-Baghdadi murdered young, beautiful Kayla. She was just 26 years old. On the night that U.S. Special Forces operations ended al-Baghdadi's miserable life, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, received a call in the Situation Room. He was told that the brave men of the elite Special Forces team that so perfectly carried out the operation, had given their mission a name, Task Force 814. It was a reference to a special day, August 14th, Kayla's birthday. Carl and Marcia, America's warriors, never forgot Kayla, and neither will we. Thank you. So it's a sad story, but so touching. I didn't know that part of the story, that that, that was the mission of Title West. Yeah, yeah. I followed Kayla's story. It was a remarkable, remarkable story. She was a remarkable young woman. And the thing I thought about when the president was talking about this is that it seems like this is the most openly pro-faith president we've had and the most pro-military. Yeah. And it's not about promises. 
but it's about taking action. And I think that's part of what makes him effective and, quite frankly, is part of what will get him reelected. Now, there was a family there, again, of a fallen serviceman, uh, uh, Sergeant Hake. Um, take a listen, because who was responsible for Sergeant Hake's killing? It was Qasem Soleimani, now dead, the Iran's top terrorist, Bite 78. The terrorist responsible for killing Sergeant Hake was Qasem Soleimani, who provided the deadly roadside bomb that took Chris's life. Soleimani was the Iranian regime's most ruthless butcher, a monster who murdered or wounded thousands of American service members in Iraq. As the world's top terrorist, Soleimani orchestrated the deaths of countless men, women, and children. He directed the December assault and went on to assault. U.S. forces in Iraq was actively planning new attacks when we hit him very hard. And that's why last month, at my direction, the U.S. military executed a flawless precision strike that killed Soleimani and terminated his evil reign of terror forever. Our message to the terrorists is clear. You will never escape American justice. If you attack our citizens, you forfeit your life. Yeah, no more leading from behind. If you attack our citizens, you forfeit your life. Our message to the terrorist is clear. Even terrorists who were carrying out attacks back in 2008. You will never escape American justice. If you attack our citizens, you forfeit your life. That's the kind of language I like to hear out of my commander-in-chief um, as a citizen of the United States of America. And finally, a story that ended on a very happy note at the State of the Union in a moment that all Americans can celebrate um, a reuniting of a family of a, of a, a military uh, soldier who was on deployment. Uh, let's go start with Bite 81, of course, Bite 82 following. War places a heavy burden on our nation's extraordinary military families, especially spouses like Amy Williams from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and her two children, six-year-old Eliana, and three-year-old Rowan. Amy works full-time and volunteers countless hours helping other military families. For the past seven months, she has done it all while her husband, Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams, is in Afghanistan on his fourth deployment in the Middle East. Amy's kids haven't seen their father's face in many months. Amy, your family's sacrifice makes it possible for all of our families to live in safety and in peace, and we want to thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for Amy and the Williams children and the family. And that was that her husband was back from deployment. Uh, that, that again, uh, Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams was there at the State of the Union to be reunited with his family. This is the State of the Union for the ages. Presidents, future presidents should study. Uh, those who care about politics should study as well. I'm glad we were able to break it all down for you. And then, of course, we'll break down the, the vote uh, to acquit President Trump tomorrow. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org.